Well, Mr. Brady's over there, and he's going to critique me as I do this. So, as you know, um, he's not really going to critique me, but um, as you know, each Sunday we um, look at something in Baptist history, and we've been going through um, 50 Baptists, you should know. This morning we will look at number 20, a man by the name of John Gano. And if you think back uh, to the 16th, 17th, 18th centuries, um, and you think of the 18th century, you definitely see that it was a very stark contrast to the 16th and 17th century. It was during that time, as you know, that the Great Awakening occurred. And a lot alongside the many Baptist preachers there of the Great Awakening, John Gano definitely made his imprint in the pages of Baptist history. He was a direct descendant of the French Huguenots. His great-grandfather, Francis Gano, uh, was forced to flee from the persecution that had resulted from the uh, revoking of the Edict of Nantes. If you remember, the Edict of Nantes was signed by King Henry IV of France in 1598, and that granted religious freedom and legal equality to those Huguenots or the Protestants that were there during the Dark Ages of the Catholics. After Francis Gano fled from France, he uh, settled down in New York. His son, Stephen, raised six sons, one of whom was John's father, Daniel. Daniel and his his wife, uh, Sarah Britton, were very pious people. Uh, Daniel was a Presbyterian, and Sarah, um, that is John's um, mom, was a Baptist. So consequently, early on in life, John professed conversion to Christ and was strongly influenced to unite with the Presbyterian church. But as he um, was a part of that church, he began to doubt the scriptural authority that they had for infant baptism. And that drew, uh, caused him to begin to diligently study the subject of baptism. He read, read many books and had many conversations with Presbyterian ministers, only to become more and more convinced that uh, the truth of Baptist principles were the way to go. He even had many long conversations with the famous Gilbert Tennant, who at that time was a famous uh, Presbyterian pastor. On one occasion, at the end of a conversation with Gano, Tennant said, quote, Dear young man, if the devil can't destroy your soul, he will endeavor to destroy your comfort and usefulness, and therefore do not always be doubting in this matter. If you cannot think as I do... Think for yourself. And so he did. It was soon after that counsel uh, from Tenet that Gano went to his father, expressing his conviction for baptism by immersion and the rejection of infant baptism. And even though his father, who was a staunch Presbyterian, did not agree with what was going on with um, what he was thinking, he didn't stand in the way of his son obeying the truth as he saw it. So then Gano was baptized. After being baptized, he joined a Baptist church in Hopewell, New Jersey. And God began to work in his heart about preaching the gospel. He uh, struggled with that call for many days and weeks. And uh, he struggled finally until one morning as he was beginning to plow his fields, the words, warn the people or their blood will I require your hands, came to him with such force that he became insensible to his work, and um, it was the thought so plagued his heart and his mind that when he finally came back to his senses, he was wet with rain, and the horses were fatigued. The the, the such 
um, anguish of his soul and spirit had caused him to just totally become insensible. And he finally surrendered to God's call. Uh, after he surrendered, he began to diligently prepare and study for the call that God had called him to to preach. He was ordained in May of 1754. And after his ordination, he made several trips into the south, south and North Carolina. And it was during this time that he carried out a ministry of encouraging pastors, assisting and planting churches, and fervently evangelizing. He also pastored a church in um, New York, the First Baptist Church of New York City, as well as a Baptist church in Philadelphia. But no matter where God had led him, people would say of him, that he, was, he had possessed excellent pulpit talents and crowds flocked to hear him expound the word of God. His uh, life took a little bit of a turn during the Revolutionary War. It was during that time that Gano's church in New York City was dispersed and um, had to stop, its records suspended. And it was during an eight-year period of that time that he actually served as chaplain in General George Washington's army. It was during this time that the war destroyed not only many church buildings, including Gano's church, um, and also many members died or were just scattered across the, every part of that new nation, of the new nation. And on, on, upon returning to New York City, Gano found only seven out of the 200 of his former flock. But God had a plan during this time for Gano. For it was during this time, as chaplain, that his zeal, his preaching... His character and energy for the cause of Christ was especially noticed by George Washington. And towards the end of the Revolutionary War, Washington began to contemplate uh, following the Lord in believers' baptism. And uh, even though there is no actual documents that evidence this, we believe, and many people have attested to the fact, of those people, three of John Gano's children testified that at the close of the war, their father had baptized George Washington in the Hudson River. Washington is quoted as saying, I have been investigating the scripture. I am convinced that immersion is the baptism taught in the scriptures, and I demand baptism at your hands. Daniel Gano, one of Gano's sons and a captain of the artillery, was present and said that he, with about 400, or sorry, 40 officers and men, accompanied the chaplain down to the Hudson River where John Gano baptized General George Washington. And God had used, providentially used uh, Gano then to, obviously, as you know, later on, um, George Washington became the first president of the United States. But God used um, Gano to influence um, George Washington. When the uh, war ended, Gano completed his pastorate in New York City, sold his possessions, and then he migrated to Kentucky, where he joined other pastors and began and continued the work of evangelizing and planting churches. Alongside those brethren, he would um, labor with faithfulness and fervency for the next 10 years. But then, um, after sustaining some injuries from a fall, uh, from, a fall from his horse and uh, suffering a paralytic stroke, Gano recovered enough just to participate one more year of faithfully preaching the gospel of Christ. That next year, August 9th of 1804, this faithful servant of Jesus Christ departed this life at his home near Frankfort, Kentucky. And as we've many, as Mr. Brady's mentioned, Dr. Mitchell's mentioned, we're very thankful for these men, uh, such as John Gano and the many others during this time that not only helped us 
sustain or to be, help us um, have uh, religious freedom, but also baptistry freedom. This morning, I am very thankful for John Gano.